0: You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Alex Barr. Today, I'm joined by our client, Eduardo Moreni, CEO and co-founder of Emma. For those that don't know, Emma is an app that helps you manage your money and track your spending. Founded in 2018, now live in the UK, US, and Canada. Um, Eduardo is not new to our show. Um, we spoke about a year ago around open banking, crowdfunding, democratization of in the investment space, and his vision for Emma uh, to become a super app. Eduardo, welcome back. How are you?
0: Hey Alex, thanks for having me again. Uh, Super nice. It it feels like it was like six months ago. I said it's almost like a year. Um, But yeah, no, all good on my side. Uh, It's good to be back.
1: It's good to have you. Um, Eduardo, for those that missed um, the first episode, which of course they shouldn't have, um, (laughs) please, can you give us a little bit of a brief intro to Emma and your role in your own words?
0: Yeah, of course, like, First of all, Emma stands for my first name, last name, and my co-founder, first name and last name.
1: So, I've never actually asked you that. I did, <laughs> yeah. wonder. I did wonder.
0: Yeah. Sometimes people ask me, is that like one of your like former girlfriends? And I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the combination of our like uh, initials. But yeah. And I mean, Emma is a pre-tech startup, uh, mostly based in London, that is building a financial super app. Uh, what we're doing is bringing every single financial vertical in one place. Um, We launched the app about three years ago, more or less. And at the beginning, it was like a very simple and useful budgeting app. And since then, we've been open to payments. Uh, We've just launched investments. Next quarter, we're going to launch savings. Um, And so the app is moving into the direction where whatever you want to do in finance, you can do it in Emma.
1: You can have everything in one place. Um, so, what, what I suppose? What's what's new since we last spoke? What's uh,
0: everything the, is new.
1: <laughs> everything's new in the last twelve months. So, what's what are those? What's the one the the pieces that have been launched?
0: Yeah, of course. Like I think that you know we are a very small and lean product team. Uh, we tend to release to production like every day, if not twice a day. Uh, so we call them like progressive improvements, but you know, we, we launch, we relaunch um, actually we launched a new brand design in the app. Uh, we rebranded everything. Uh, we launched some massive improvements in terms of like, uh, tracking money across mm-hmm. open, open banking. Um, we launched payments. We launched two different subscription plans. Um, we support, we now support business accounts. So if you're like a sole trader or you go like a business, you can track it in Emma. Brilliant, and of course we launched investments basically ten days ago, uh, fully live with uh, Currency Clouds, um, and that was basically what we've been waiting for for the last you know seven eight months.
1: Awesome. So with the new uh, the new offering, new investment from your crowd raise, I assume you've got quite a few new users. Yeah. I
0: mean, we are growing like quite fast than my is constantly ranking between the you know top 20, 30 finance apps in the UK. So we've got like a steady um, growth in terms of like new users mm-hmm. and we're also getting people that, you know, for the first time they're approaching things like managing money, investing in the in the market, savings money. Um, and so I think we have got some, this sort of like uh, role role in, in finance of being your first financial friend, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with investments, we're going to prove again that we can be that tool that introduces to a different new world for
1: the first time in the easiest way as possible. And I'd love to dig into that more, actually. So you've launched it 10 days ago. Um, how's it been so far? Have I you seen quite a big uptake on it?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, like uh, the uptake is there. I think that we are lucky enough to have, you know, in active users in the hundreds of thousands, so yeah. for us it's not that we're starting from zero. Yeah, uh, it's all about uh, converting existing users, and that has been our focus for the last, you know, uh, few weeks, and it will be our focus for the next the, the next few months. But it's been like a very exciting exciting launch because you know for the first time we move into a vertical where where Emma is not just an app that tracks your finances; it's also an app that manages the money for you um, in a sense that, you know, we take deposits and we allow you to do operations. Um, I probably cannot say manage because otherwise it sounds that we will be on the regulatory burdens. (laughs) Um, But I mean that, you know, now you can also do financial stuff in the app on top of like tracking data.
1: Mm. And and uh, remind me, uh, how did you come to the conclusion to launch um, launch the investments? Did you take a big poll of your customer base and do sample sizing on on what what, what they were looking for? I think for us it was more like so. We usually do feedback and uh, surveys for the users,
0: but mm. the the question was like, what's the next logical big step? Yeah. And M in the market has has always been perceived as a saving solution. So sure. we get people that don't know. Uh, what's happening around their finances or we have people that are planning for the long term. So the next logical step from savings is investments. Um, For us, it wasn't a question of like, should we launch investments? It was more a question of like, what type of investment product should we launch? Uh, Is is, is this going to be like a long-term product or is this going to be like a high frequency uh, trading product where people can have fun, you know, learning how to access the stock market following stocks and even you know still investing for the long term but with we a much you know uh higher frequency
1: sure and i know um you're you're the world domination is imminent of course with the with this <laughs> wrap. um would do you think your proposition will have this almost robo advisory approach in the future or do you think it will will stay towards the just their, you know, day trading look, look and feel of investments.
0: I think that, you know, we're going to fantasize a lot about in mean, this AI that controls your like, finances and yeah. money around for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we will get there to some extent, but I also think that, you know, we want the user to make, uh, you know, their own decisions in the best possible way. So I think we're, we're like probably way ahead to have like, to the. AI
1: on top, their managers like everything. Yeah, awesome. Um, as I'm sure you can appreciate, we've in our audience, we've got lots of aspiring founders and uh, and and current founders. Um, I'd like it, or would love you to share your experience if you could, on uh, as a successful founder, on some challenges, learnings on bringing a new proposition to market. Specifically, maybe the investment piece. Yeah, of course, Like I think that the, the
0: biggest lesson is to ship as fast as possible mm-hmm. and as soon as possible, because you want to see uh, if there is like a demand, you want to see what the, the problems are and what the, your early adopters are asking you. Um, and so the fastest you are in the market, even if the product does not work really well, the best it is for, um, for everyone. Um, The longer you wait, uh, the longer you wait for the bigger launch or the longer you wait because, you know, maybe even some PR you're waiting for, uh, the worse it gets for your situation. Especially if you're like starting from zero and you want those first like 50 to 100 users to uh, stick around the the, the product. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it might be that your like big idea that you had uh, is not going to work out on the first shot. So better to be out and see it than uh, wait for it.
1: Did you have any, um, I, I assume there was a, a, it wasn't as easy as you make it sound from the beginning. I assume there was a few stumbles along the way.
0: Yeah. I mean, for us, it was like, um, you know, we were like, uh, lucky enough to be able to start with no funding at all. So yeah. we had uh, thousands of users, like, uh, we, we were even having raised money. Um, so for us, we were like, in the sense that we knew how to build the product and ship it, and that mm-hmm. was like a huge advantage in, you know, making them, uh, something like, uh, real out there, uh, and that helped us raise money along the way. Like it was always like, for us, it was never like selling the moon with nothing. It was more like, look, the moon is in your hands, use it, yeah. um, so yeah, that, that was our, like, sort of, like, biggest advantage. Uh, the, the biggest problems that we had uh, in the early days, uh, and I think it's, you know, still the, the issue for everyone is to get those first, like, 1,000, users to, to use. Um, there are many ways to do that. We had really, like, a couple of events that made us extremely lucky, and there were, like, three in the same uh, month. Mm-hmm. Um, one was the launch on Product Hunt that gave us the first 1,000 users. Uh, maybe a bit less. Then uh, after two weeks, we were featured on CTIM because we got like a FCA registration, mm-hmm. and the following week, Monzo announced a partnership with Amazon. So we got like a, a really like a big chunk of users in the up right away, with literally like zero marketing spend, no promotion or whatsoever. So I think we were lucky, and on that basis, we raised money basically right away. So
1: well, of course, yeah. right That, that. <laughs> that, that. <laughs> That proof of concept um, it goes a long way to getting your foot in the door with with you know getting some funding, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, and to be honest with you, like you know, we I say lucky, but it's also true that we were trying to do that for like two years before in different sure. formats and different countries. Um, I think it's it's well known. I've said it many times that you know before Emma there was a budgeting gap in Germany that never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, luck. luck, luck the word lucky is probably one of the sort of like wrong words in this context in the sense that there is no such thing as luck it's more that if you are uh if you keep doing what you're doing and you repeat it every day sooner or later there will be an event that you can you know associate with luck uh but nothing is like related to luck
1: no of course You've got to set up to capitalize on the moments that that are, that are there right um yeah there are a number of things, I suppose, that you obviously you need. Of course, you need lots of things to be in a successful startup. But what do you think of that, like on a wider business point, what do you think are the most crucial ones that you account for for Emma's success?
0: Raise the right amount at the right time. Um, hire you know the right people, uh, not too sure. little, not too much. And also execute A on vision, B on what customers want. Uh, if you build something that no one wants, no one will ever use it. Um, I think listening to customers is probably one of the most widespread uh, advice out there. Uh, mm. It's also, you know, probably Paul Graham, you know, huge legend in the Starbuck world. He wrote like numerous essays about it. I think it's true to a certain extent in the sense that, you know, the first thousand, thousand users are really helpful to understand where to go. Yeah. But when you get into the hundreds or millions, you know, you've got a lot of voices and so It's more about looking at the metrics and figuring out what's happening rather than talking to customers because all of them, they will get to you with a different problem that is completely non-related. While, you know, when you've got like a subset of 50 people, they'll talk the same language more or less.
1: Sure. So you think it's naturally easier to shape your product roadmap from the customers that you have when it's smaller at the beginning? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, of course. If you could go back then, um, back to you and uh, you—is it Antonio found, founding the business? Um, yeah, of course. What? Uh, what one piece of advice would you give? What, what and what would you change from what we did?
0: Um, yeah, I think that for us it was more like uh, the realization of like uh, what was happening around us. I will, if I—I I mean, if I had to go back, I would move much faster. Um, There is also like a reason why, you know, this is the time to invest in uh, second time founders. And the main reason is because, you know, what we did uh, in the first year, i can probably do it in three weeks now. Um, Just because, you know, what, uh, everything around the company or what you need to do, what you need to set up, how to go from, you know, zero to one as fast as possible. So it's more about, yeah, I'll do everything again, probably the same. Uh, but we'll do it in a month instead of like seven months. Uh, so no, no regrets, just the speed,
1: just the speed. And you've been moving pretty quickly as it is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not even like about product. It's even like about, you know, set up the company, hiring the right people early on, um, like, you know, forming the right partnerships. There are like certain traits that you only gain and learn on the job. Um, in my case, I came straight after uni with uh, no job experience whatsoever, and you know, I never had a formal job, so it was really okay. <laughs> what is this? Let's go.
1: <laughs> so, my ne- on the next, uh, I think I think it'd be useful to talk about um, the the industry as a whole as well. Um, I know we touched on it just before this call, and I know you've launched your recent investment products. Um, I- I'm keen to get your thoughts, maybe on a more macro level. Um, of how you have seen the 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 use of your investment product on your on your customer base, given what's happening in the world at the moment do you yeah. do you think the retail investing space has um has got a, a, a tough time to come, or do you think that it's it's gonna it's gonna gonna stay relatively strong?
0: Well, to be honest with you, I don't have any data to see what was happening before because we launched in the worst economic downturn of the last 20 years. So uh, probably uh, the data that I see now is the, the bad data. Um, but I also think that you know now it's an opportunity to actually learn how to invest for first-time users. It's an opportunity to think about, okay, do I want to put all my money in a savings account or I want to put it in, a, in an asset class where... I can actually fight inflation. Um, So there is like a lot of opportunity out there. And I still think that, you know, the human nature is, um, it rotates around, you know, one word, which is FOMO, Uh, you know, we can talk about all the uh, macroeconomics you want to talk about, but at the end of the day, there is, you know, I want to buy and I want to sell. And, you know, right now the market is just experiencing like a lot of like, not fear of missing out, but fear of missing everything <laughs> um, sure. and that's what we've seen what we've seen right um but you know humans are also very easy to to forget, so it might be that six twelve months from now we'll be out of it, or maybe be longer than that
1: you you mentioned other asset classes there to fight inflation um do does Emma have any other asset classes on the horizon you know, I don't know if you're allowed to tell me that.
0: Yes, yeah, of course. Like, um, I mean, it's not any, I wouldn't take this as financial advice, uh, but yeah, I mean, we've started with uh, stocks, in particular, simply U.S. fractional stocks, uh, but definitely we're looking at adding, for, of course, like uh, cryptocurrencies um, to the NICs, mm. uh, we'll probably in the long term add uh, UK stocks as well, and um, other like tools like ETFs and funds. Uh, but that will take a bit longer to, to to implement. For now, you know, we're focused on offering the biggest market to to the UK, and the biggest market is still, you know, the US.
1: Sure. For the uh, for the investors then on the, the that might be listening, um, I'm as a founder, I'm keen to understand uh, maybe some investment mistakes that uh, a, a new a new investor should uh, should avoid.
0: You mean in a in a retailing, like in a yeah, yeah, training yeah. app?
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't think like there are like uh, any sort of like mistakes because like uh, it's the same concept as like um, starting a company. As long as you learn fast, you know, uh, mistakes are okay. Uh, of course, do not put your entire life savings in a stock. Uh, <laughs> Again, not financial advice, (laughs) but that might not be like twice, but you know, even like starting like small sums, um, we see a lot of like people that their first deposit is not not 5,000 pounds. It's actually like five, 10, 20 pounds. Um, on on our side, we're like, come on guys, just (laughs) a little bit more, but the reality of it is that, you know, you can start from 10 pounds, 20 pounds, uh, even 50 and get comfortable with something that's uh, completely new to you, and then you can uh, go with like um, bigger deposits. And at the end of the day, that's the the truth with any type of uh, investments, even like angel investing. You know, the first time that you're gonna do angel investing, you don't start with uh, loading you know 200,000 pounds in a company, you probably start with small checks, and then you, you increase them as you get more uh, one comfortable or you you know you build more conviction in the founder, so you go got more. Uh, parameters to make you know better judgment
1: i'd hope that the people that invested in your crowd raise are obviously very comfortable with investing on your app because given they <laughs> they have some equity in the company
0: yeah no i mean like for us that was like another logical step it was like you know we want to launch an investment proposition in emma which has always been uh sort of recognized as a savings app how do we attract first-time investors or even like long-term investors and Doing the crowdfunding was um, a first marketing move to bring in uh, investors in in Enmark. and now we could say that you know the people that invested in the crowdfunding are actually using the product and uh, helping us test it and and improve it. So, um, it, it all made it all made sense, and it was all mm-hmm. like planned.
1: That very clever, and we've seen subsequently a few others, of course, do exactly the same and follow suit. So, uh, trailblazing. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. We've, we've, always, we've got a couple of questions that we, we always like to ask founders at the end. Um, I'm keen to understand what your favorite feature is about Emma. It can course, be like, anything. What what's your favorite?
0: I think my my favorite is like network. Um network is this feature in the app that can show you one, your network over time across a period, and inside the feature. There is also like a hidden feature that you can see by tapping a, a button that shows you how many years it will take to be a millionaire. Uh, yeah, so these are these are the two most you know my favorite features for me, uh, just because they give us a sense of like progression and long term thinking rather than you know what we have today.
1: Mm, I, I suspect my might might be a rather demoralizing outlook. <laughs> <laughs> might, be quite, <laughs> might be quite might be quite a few years.
0: Yeah. yeah, of course. It could be twenty 30 or even hundred years, but you know, I think that the, the basic principle is to start looking at it and planning, regardless of whether you know the user is an overdraft or, yeah, ten course. pounds on the current account or you know a few
1: thousand pounds. And what it, what what feature you most excited about to come after after your your recent stocks launch?
0: I think that what we're working on now is uh, the conjunction points between. Um, budgeting and investing, uh, which is offering like savings accounts. Um, so what we want to release in the product is ways for people to deposit money and and gain interest, uh, in the form of like savings. Mm -hmm. Um, and that for us is what really links the, the three features because people budget to save, then they move the money, to the saving, uh, accounts. And then from there, they move to the investment product.
1: Yeah, makes complete sense um and and this is a bit of a funny one if you could describe emma in three words what would it be well all in one (laughs) all in one there you go easy as that um eduardo thank you again for joining me today always a pleasure to chat um look forward to having you on again in another year maybe who knows um if anyone wants to get in contact with you and and emma what's the best way for someone to get in touch Twitter, 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 or, <laughs> or LinkedIn.
0: You just type my first name and last name on the first result.
1: Perfect. Um, Eduardo, thank you again for joining. Always nice to catch up. Look forward to seeing you. where you and Emma go in the future. Right. I'm going to come back for a third time for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Eduardo. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye.
0: You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast.